Welcome and thank you for joining us at Amazing Women as we feature women in Rhode Island who make a difference. I'm Deb Ruggiero, host and creator of this radio show and podcast. And you can listen to this anytime at the website, amazingwomenri.com, or you can stream on any of your favorite streaming devices. My guest today is Sally Lapides, President and CEO of Residential Properties. She started this in 1981. It's become one of Rhode Island's premier real estate companies with nine offices. There's commercial real estate division, over 260 agents. And Sally's very involved in the community. She was the uh, vice chair of the Board of Governors for the RISD Museum. She's been on the boards of Trinity Rep, Roger Williams University, and I knew her at the Rhode Island Foundation's Equity Action Campaign, raising about $1 million for the fund for the LGBTQ community. And she's chairing the board of Year Up Rhode Island. She grew up in Barrington, went to Boston University studying art history. Sally's married to Arthur Solomon. They have two sons. It is so nice, Sally, to see you again. Thank you so much for stopping by. <laughs> well, thank you so much for inviting me. I have to ask you, how do you go from studying art history to real estate? Well, you know, it's an interesting story because I graduated from Boston University, as you said, and I was an art history major and I was intending to actually go to graduate school. And my dream was to become a, um, a curator and then ultimately run a museum. Well, my father said to me, you'd be really smart to try working in an art gallery and see if you really want to spend your next couple of years um, studying art history. So I thought that's a good idea. So I, I joined um, or I was asked to work at a wonderful art gallery in Providence that two months later, the owner said, I'm moving this to Washington, D.C. Do you <laughs> want to um, come with me? And I had already gotten into graduate school and I thought, hmm, okay, no, I don't. So I, my mother was in the real estate business and she said, why don't you give it a try? Right. And I will say that studying art and architecture, which is what I did, allowed me to sort of merge my interests in the arts and in real estate. So it worked out well for me. And so many historic buildings, too, up on the east side and in Providence and certainly yeah. down in Newport. I mean, they have some of the oldest homes uh, in the state. And yes. let's face it, you have a gift, the ability to close a deal. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that is something that you can both be taught, but you really have to have the right instincts. Totally. And, and so I got better and better at putting deals together. And now I teach at residential properties, I teach the art of negotiation. Mm -hmm. Which is a lot about listening, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it mm. sure is, it sure is. How do you uh, differentiate yourself and your firm from so many real estate competitors? Well, I like to think that residential properties is very forward thinking and that we, I, I study agencies all around, independent agencies all around the, com, uh, the country, and I, I, um, I, I am very careful about trying to stay ahead of the curve. So I look at things I like about a California agency or a Colorado agent, and I, and I am very good at um, 
at keeping us ahead of the curve. So that is one of the things that I think differentiates residential properties. I also think I hire very smart people who want to do real estate full time. And that is not the profile of many realtors. Many realtors decide that they're going to do this as a part-time job when their um, children are in school or if they're a school teacher and they just wanna do it on after school or on the weekends. And that's not the agent that fits the profile of residential properties. You want a full-time person. I want a full-time person. I have also always done marketing differently than others. We were the first company to have two full-time videographers on our staff. And so we showed what it was like to be in the house without having to actually be in the house. And so we told stories. We told stories about they were most of them um, for the first 5,000 of them. I literally um, uh, recorded every single description of the house. So there were lots of people that did not want to come in from Boston or New York unless they saw these videos. So that differentiated us. So and that's pretty novel because when you think about it today, everyone will look at something online and yes. many homes are bought sight unseen with just they the video. Are. I know a number right. of folks who've sold their homes and to people out of town and they certainly yes. didn't fly in by any that, means, you know? That's right. That's right. And we've had, we've had bidding wars from people who literally saw it online, saw the photos, saw the saw the uh, video, and they made offers during the you know height of the market um, when they were competing against people who had walked in to mm -hmm. the house. But mm -hmm. so so I think that those three things differentiate us. I also think that we give an incredible amount of support to our agents, and I um, and. And we have a wonderful relocation department. And so all of those add up to a company that is um, that is very relevant in the community. Mm. If you're just joining us, I'm chatting with Sally Lapides, the president and CEO of Residential Properties. Karen Kay is at the controls. I'm Deborah Giro. So what you're saying, Sally, is the 260 agents, or more than that now, um, they're full-time. They are not part-time who come in and work, like you say, you know, evenings and weekends, which is traditionally what you think about with you know commercial and residential real estate. That is correct. I mean, we're a 41-year-old company. So, you know, some of the people who started 30 years ago may be working fewer hours as they get into their 70s right but well that's a different animal <laughs> that's a different animal but the truth of the matter is i want people who consider real estate their first priority other than their family right not a hobby right. so you and i both enjoy our lunches let's yes. face it it's yes. a wonderful way to do business and also to have some fun and and we're social animals how yes. important are relationships to you and what's the secret of cultivating relationships in your business well i think for many people like you and me we prioritize relationships because that is um, that's what we feel rich in. It's not in the dollars, it's in the relationships that are most important to us. Mm -hmm. So I have always been aware that the real estate business is a 
person-to-person business. And the reality is that no matter how high-tech one's company is, if you don't have a personal relationship, you will never get referrals. So my mother taught me 45 years ago that that the importance of a relationship, a one-on-one, is the only way you stay in business for the long haul. And I've taught that to everybody that works in this company. Do not eat alone, I always say. Go out three days a week and take somebody out for lunch Mm -hmm. who can ultimately influence your business or tell you that their neighbor is selling down the street or something that would be valuable to you. And in the meantime, you have a nice relationship. Yep. Well, I used to tell my salespeople, people by people. Mm-hmm. And they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. And that personal connection, you're right, is so, so important. Um, yes. I know how active you are in the community. You do a lot of volunteering. And of course, as we talked about, you're a nonstop worker. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun? Oh, I have a lot of fun. I am lucky enough to have um, two uh, 30... 30 to 40 year old, um, <laughs> 30 somethings, 30 somethings. And, um, and I became a grandmother three years ago. So that's pretty exciting. That's cool. Thank you. And, um, and I love to travel. I love to travel mm-hmm. and I am a needle pointer and a knitter. And, a knitter. <laughs> yes. And you I, know, it's, it's funny knitting because um, you and Michelle Obama, Uh, I'm reading her book, The Light We Carry, Mm -hmm. and she talks about the first stitch, I guess, you cast on, and then when you finish, you bind off, and I thought, wow, what a nice bookend to a completed project, you know? Yes, that is really true, and I have always been artistic, so I, I, um, I belong to the handicraft club and I have, and I have taken classes that I otherwise wouldn't have even been introduced to. I'm always oh. open about that. I'm a big walker. I do Pilates five days a week. So I am, I, I don't like to waste a minute. I, I listen yeah. to books on or podcasts when I take a walk. So I'm accomplishing two things at the same time. I'm a good multitasking. Judge. You yeah. are a multitasker, but it's nice to hear you talk about the balance in life because yeah. that's really important. You can't always be driving and driving and working. You really have to step back. I like to say you go inward to go onward. Yes. So, who were some of your mentors? Well, my mother was my number one mentor because she mm-hmm. was in the real estate business and she sort of helped me understand balance and hard work. So I was, uh, I I learned from her. Mm -hmm. My grandmother was one of my biggest influences in my life. And she taught me that if it wasn't a health or safety reason, let it go. Mm. And so I learned from my grandmother. Um, But the people that I admire are people like um, Eleanor Roosevelt. One who, of my mentors too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, Michelle Obama. Um, I, I, I just uh, crave things in history that I can um, hold on to and learn from. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I love, uh, so, so from my work life, I look at some of the most successful people in business and I learn a little bit from each of them, but it's always women that I gravitate to um, in terms of what I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think probably because women prioritize relationship. And so I, I better identify with people who do that. Um, yeah. but and women are very concerned about getting things done. I found this at yes. the state house. They wanted yes. to create policy, make sure it was implemented and mm-hmm. not so much about who gets the credit, but just to make sure the work gets done. Right. Yes. Yes, I think that that's right. You know, I, I once read the, read the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, It's All Small Stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they talked about was gratitude. And I thought, how am I going to make sure that I never forget gratitude? And so I write a letter of gratitude every week, sometimes two, And sometimes I write them to imaginary people. And one of them was Eleanor Roosevelt because had she not insisted that women cover her press conferences, that's right. Women would not be in, you know, in, in the news, um, 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 working for newspapers. So, so I thank these people for paving the road for Mm. my generation. If you're just tuning in, thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Giro. The podcast radio show is Amazing Women, Rhode Island. We recognize women in this state who make a difference. And certainly my guest makes a difference. Sally Lapides is the CEO of Residential Properties, one of Rhode Island's premier real estate companies. She's a native Rhode Islander. So let's talk real estate because buying property is just one great way to create generational wealth. Yet so many people aren't doing as well as their parents. And a lot of young people are unable to afford the skyrocketing rents, never mind the inflated home prices. The average home in Rhode Island is well over $400,000. So, you know, what advice do you have for renters who might be listening that really do want to own? Well, first of all, put money aside every month so that you're saving up for a down payment. And, you know, today you can get, you can get mortgages with, Anywhere from five to twenty percent down um, for your first time uh, home buying. Five percent on a four hundred thousand dollar house—that's yes. twenty thousand dollars. I mean, you got to save for a long time to carry well, that kind of. You down do, payment. but you also um, you also have to have a plan, and and if you can have a parent that will loan it to you for your you know some of that money for your first home you can pay them back mm-hmm. and and then if you're really lucky you can have your parents say now nah, you don't own it you don't owe it to me now <laughs> it's but, a gift yeah. it's a gift but the tr- the truth is it is very hard for first time home buyers today and our our prices are high our rents are high it is very hard to put money away. And I understand that student debt is really high and that eliminates a lot of, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But if you are in a position to buy a two family for your first house, you've got rental income that's coming in that helps defray Mm -hmm. the cost 
of buying a house, of paying your mortgage. Um, I always encourage um, new, new uh, potential homeowners to go get qualified by a banker and find out what you qualify for. That's important. Yeah, the pre-qualification is critical. It also gives you good negotiating too. If you like something, you can say, look, I am pre-qualified. Then you're taken seriously. That's right. I think that's right. And, and, the, and the other thing is it sets up a plan for yourself. You know, what debts do you need to pay off to better qualify for a higher loan? But there's plenty of money in the mortgage that mortgages that that are available for mortgages and well, so yeah the the new pro there's a number of programs we i know in the legislature we put 30 million of the 250 million of arpa funds yes. into rhode island housing for first time home buyers i mean you have to be obviously somebody at your first home you have to yes. meet the income criteria yes. have a credit score and i think they even require you to take a home buying course but there's seventeen thousand five hundred dollars available for a down payment that is a gift you do not have to repay it and again through rhode island housing if you're listening and interested um thoughts on that um yeah i think that's an incredible program and i think that Every first-time home buyer who has decent credit should be looking at those programs because getting your foot in the door is the most important thing you can do to build equity. And if you can't afford your first choice town, you just keep going out a little further away from a metro area and there's less competition and there's usually more inventory but you can buy something there and then gain some equity and move back closer to where you want to go it just takes a little time what are your thoughts and where are you sally on legislation that could limit how much landlords can increase rents each year you know i my my where am i in that i i would say that it would be great if we had a limitation but but it does not account for, I have to cough. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's pretty um, natural. Okay. <laughs> um, but it does not account for escalating prices. So if you put a cap on how much somebody can pay for rent mm. um, and the escalation there, th- but you have no ability to put a cap on your expenses on yes. the other end. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that, so it, it can kill it can kill sales. Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging part of your work in real estate? Um, I think negotiating and making everybody happy is is the most challenging part. I mean, let me put it this way: in in most markets, inventory is way down. Mm. Prices are at an all time high. And there are lots of questions out there about what is going to happen to the real estate market Mm. and where the interest rate's going to be and all of those kinds of things. So so I I think that you have to um, educate educate your client and the challenge will will be for them will be um, how to 
best position themselves to get a piece of property in a, in a market where there's very little inventory. And to be realistic too, you know, yes. because yes. You know, interest rates were three and a half, four percent you know, on a $400,000 house, it was $1,800 a month mortgage. Yes. Now yes. up around seven, 6%, you're looking at $2,500 and you have to look at, can I really afford that incremental part? I would think yes. too, the but, most rewarding part is, is the negotiating and then yes. coming to a final deal and people are happy. Oh, I bought yes. something. <laughs> right. And everybody wants to win. So when you when you negotiate, you have to sort of think, my price, your terms, how are we going to do this? So will it matter to me in 30 days that they took the washer and dryer? And the answer is always no. So let mm -hmm. that go and concentrate right. on something else. Um, but by the way, I'm not seeing people take fixed rate mortgages. I like to say, marry the house, date the rate. Because, <laughs> what a great line. Marry the house, date the rate. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, how many people do we actually know in our lives that keep the same mortgage rate for 30 years? Not very many. No. So, or the same, or the same house. Right. Right. Yeah. And so if you can get a seven to 10 to 10 year adjustable rate mortgage at 4.8% to 5.2%. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty reasonable rate. And see where it goes. Yeah. So I know how much you love real estate, but if you could wave a magic wand in just 30 seconds, what else would you want to do besides real estate? Oh, I would probably want to go to um, business school. I'd love to go to Harvard and <laughs> get an MBA. Or I'd like to work at a, um, at a museum. I think that would be great. I'd probably be a great development officer. Or I would um, teach at a place like Year Up Rhode Island because I mentor tons of young adults who are trying to bridge the opportunity gap and get their first job. Well, you're not really waving the magic wand. You're chairing the uh, year up board. So you're sort of kind of creating that. That's what I like about you, Sally Lapides. You don't just imagine you could do something. You do it. You know, I think you reach a point in your life when it's not about the chase anymore. It's about the right place with the right people. Yes, that is absolutely right. Thank you, Deb. Oh, thank you. Sally Lapides, the CEO of Residential Properties. So enjoy the conversation. I end each show with a quote. And this one is from Helen Keller. Keep your face to the sunshine and you won't see the shadows. I'm Deb Ruggiero. Thank you so much for listening and for joining us. Don't forget the website. It's amazingwomenri.com. And you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite streaming devices, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and help spread the word. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay well.